Ted Robertson. It's time for your bi-weekly cybersecurity heads up with Blake Schwank, Army veteran, founder of Colorado Computer Support, and the Veterans Voice exclusive technology partner. You know, Blake, we keep trying to solve this mystery of what episode this is of cybersecurity right. heads up. I'm just happy to have you here. Every other Monday we get to hang out and we get to talk. And we've talked about all kinds of interesting stuff, like uh, the old days when, of Instamatic cameras. And uh, we've talked about uh, gadgets like dial phones and push button mm -hmm. phones. Now, here's what a lot of that stuff has in common. Your brownie cameras, your, you know, all this stuff. None of that is connected to the internet. The internet That's... didn't exist when you and I were messing around with dial phones. And, well, it kind of uh, did, but well, we weren't allowed to touch it. It, well, it was true. not. It was not in your house. That's for sure. Specifically, a magical government thing that was going yeah. on, right? Yeah, it was, it was so scientists could talk to each other and, and exchange information. Yeah, but we were not plugging in and dialing up to AOL or anything. So. No, uh, boy, now you're talking modems and. Those were the mm -hmm. days. I, that sound will never leave <laughs> those of us who experienced that sound because it was such a, a nerve-wracking thing. Because if it went on for one or two cycles or three cycles, you oh, knew you, you had a problem connecting. Oh, yeah. You might not be connecting. Oh, yeah. The, when you were trying to connect <laughs> or you'd get connected and then mom would pick up the phone as you were trying to download something and oh, and it would break the cycle. And we were bombarded by the nice metal tins or the CDs that came on cardboard cards or inside sleeves from CompuServe and from AOL. They all wanted to give you free email. Why was that, Blake? What were they really doing? They wanted to market to you, but uh, they wanted to get you signed up. Actually, interesting, you brought that up. I was uh, been reading, uh, just finished Good to Great, and uh, the book Good to Great, and one, one great of the book. examples they have in there is AOL and CompuServe and Prodigy. I'm like, wow, I... I had my CompuServe address. Prodigy, you that make, that makes you a savant, man. <laughs> You're a, a pre IoT savant. <laughs> exactly. There was no IoT there. It That's was. Right. A, you were lucky if you got your computer online, and uh, took a lot of tinkering and expertise to to do that. So, but now the world's changed, and there's all this IoT stuff. You know, I I I, I was a pretty serious nerd when I had my first computer, and. I was able to hook it up and troubleshoot. And remember, you had to flip the dip switches and all that stuff to configure it. And it was a challenge. Now, for good or for bad, it's it's pretty easy to just go buy something and, and hook it up to the big old internet. Can you imagine the days so simple that the only time a human being like us would ever have gotten near a dip switch was to change the code on our garage door openers to make sure they matched? <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. Now, now you got to join your garage door opener to the Wi-Fi and then troubleshoot it on the Wi-Fi. Oh so, my. and I knew a guy who had to have the dealership come out and pair his brand new Audi to his garage door openers, uh -huh. so that when the car pulls up, now it's a proximity thing. It's no longer a a push button. When oh, really? The, oh, yeah. When he rolls up to the garage, it goes up. When he backs away from the door, it comes down. Wow. Or when he's inside the garage, of course, it'll come down behind him. But, um, you know, that's that's the world of automation. And somehow or another, all of that stuff is linked to the Internet. I don't know. I think I would have to I would end up relying on that too much. Yeah. And I would always assume that my garage door was opening when I got in my car and turned it on and I would back through the thing. You know, I, I drive a car mm -hmm. that is connected to zero. 
It has no power options. And when people get in it who have more modern cars than I do, mm -hmm. they don't lock the lock. They don't know to. They're looking for the power window switch right next to the crank that rolls the oh, window yeah. down. So I'm happy with my non-connected What do you car. drive? A Toyota pickup truck. I've had it for 22 years. And, you know, my dad always taught me, take care of your stuff and it'll take care of you. And by gosh, it does. And let me date this one for you. Mm -hmm. It was so slick and cool at the time. It's a 2001 um, that it has a CD and AM, FM and a cassette. And cassette. Yes. Wow. We were just late stage transitioning away from cassettes and into CDs. So uh -huh. for a Toyota pickup truck in 2001 to have a, a CD player, and it's a standard. So I, you know, you know the joke. Uh, young people today can't drive standard oh, cars. Yeah. So I know a young person's not going to take my not going to steal it. No. But but somebody like me could come steal your car. Well, and then and then uh, um, you if you got the car if you had a car a couple years earlier, they had that cassette tape insert thing with the cord on it that you would plug into your cd player that you would throw in your seat so that you yeah. could listen to your cd but yeah, i'm trying to figure out if i want to do the little bluetooth thing that broadcasts to my my uh car stereo by plugging in the thing to the thing that takes a bluetooth signal from your cell phone so i can stream music on my cell phone through the little bluetooth device that goes in by cassette yeah to yeah, because I don't even have Or a, maybe replace the stereo. Maybe it's time. I'm a so. purist. <laughs> I'm a purist. <laughs> so interesting you mentioned your car and being connected because last weekend I was uh, I spent a little bit of time talking to the uh, um, one of the executives at Altia, which is a local company that builds software, develops software for cars. And so we started talking about cybersecurity and cars because you know, all of that started out more with the features before they thought about cybersecurity. And then all of a sudden you had cars that were connected to the Wi-Fi and people could drive up next to cars and do a little bit of hacking and stuff. So there's a, maybe there's an episode there sometime. So. I, there probably is. And, you know, cybersecurity heads up is all about being safe and secure. And, uh, yeah, people were doing stupid things to each other's cars mm -hmm. when they could hack in uh, by Wi-Fi and tell the car to do things yeah maybe, maybe I'll, I'll have to reach out to him and see if he wants to come chat we can <laughs> talk car hacking or something so so you got a connected house right you yeah. got a front door lock that will unlock with your phone uh -huh. you have light bulbs you can dim and change colors with your phone uh, you know that it, it, it's all app driven or you know maybe you have a panel in your house you have appliances that will talk to the grocery store for you mm -hmm. right um what stoves do today you know, we rubbed two sticks together to get a fire on the wood stove so we could cook an egg. It was, it was a long process. Nowadays, it's, you know, pop it in a microwave and, you know, I, I don't know. How do you simplify this enough to really draw the contrast, Blake? It's, yeah. It's a pretty stark contrast. It is. It's a completely different world than we were growing up. Yeah. But, uh, and, you know, some tech people, you know, ignore it i've got one of my senior engineers that has zero devices connected well he has a ring connected now he has done something interesting he's got a wireless sensor on his parents uh, water tank at the farm so that it will you know send out something wi-fi when the water gets too low so there's some cool stuff like that and then you go to you know kind of the extreme i have 60 or 70 devices on my home network and but i bought my house we bought our house at the start of COVID, so march of 2020 
um, we moved into a new house. So all those internet of things, things were available. So, you know, I've got your standard lights and I've got light switches and stuff, but I also, you know, have a uh, sensor for my kegerator. So tell me how much beer is being poured and coffee is being poured. Uh, I have a sensor in my hot tub, uh, my, uh, uh, I have a slot machine that's connected to the Wi-Fi. So there's a whole bunch of different things it I'm takes cracking to get up to right 60. now because i'm imagining your household the the floors are never going to get a ding from a shoe because you don't walk anywhere you just come home <laughs> you, you sit on the couch and everything is an app my the, the guy that came and fixed my sprinkler system uh-huh. said i can put a device on here for like 40 bucks and i can take care of turning your sprinklers on and off for you why would I want you to do that for me? Wait. Not that I didn't trust him, but he said he could access the app and he could control my sprinkler system for me so I don't have to. Your sprinkler system's not Wi-Fi enabled? Oh my, you're looking at me like I'm from Mars You right are. <laughs> no, I like to go into the utility room and turn the valve on and run the cycles myself. I'm a total nutcase, I guess. I have the box. I, you know, I can program it to to uh-huh. cycle. I only have three zones in my entire house. I want this stuff to be simple. And so you I actually go turn a valve to make your underground sprinklers run. Only because uh, where I am, we have an extraordinarily high water pressure for some reason. Uh-huh. And part of the reason he had to come was because my pipes blew out from a, a pressure surge. And so I have a, a ball valve and I just leave it off so that the system is unpressurized. Right. And then I pressurize the system only when I'm using it. Now, I'm sure there are other ways around that, like a surge tank and things like that. And I don't want to go to the expense. I don't want more complicated stuff in my system. Do I get that from my car? Yeah. Because no. it's so, no power windows. Well, no, it has air conditioning. Yeah. At least it's got that. Yeah. Well, and I think the, uh, um, the biggest thing I found out when I switched over to doing the uh, the Wi-Fi enabled controllers, we have a Netro controller at home and at the office, is the money savings. Because Colorado gets, you have to put a lot of water on your lawn to keep it green. Yeah. And uh, you you have one or two rainstorms that you water during, and that was paying the cost of the whole thing. You know, when you start looking at it, it might cost 50 bucks to water your lawn. Well, yeah, just... the, the Wi-Fi box that he was talking about yeah. installing has a sensor that knows when it's raining, but you know how it knows? It checks like the weather. The channel. weather report. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's watching not, the weather. It's not report. like out there measuring the rain level. Well, you know, I. So if I had any issue with that at all, mm-hmm. I, because my system has an actual rain sensor, if it's wet, the sprinklers won't come on if I have that enabled. Yeah. Right. But with a Wi Fi system in Colorado Springs, now this is coming from my news days at KRDO when I was. Mm-hmm rubbing shoulders with the weather people there who explained to me that this region has 24 microclimates. So when there's a tornado raging someplace in the northeast part of town and we're in Rock Rimmon or on the northwest part of town, two totally different microclimates, I could be basking in the sun, Uh right? With a non-Wi-Fi enabled beer. I I can open (laughs) my own beer. I can do that. Yeah. I didn't realize there were that many different uh, climates. Yes, I know yeah, it's crazy. I know yeah. it is crazy that yeah. you know, when, I mean, especially when we had kids that you would look and you know, school would be closed and you've got completely wide open streets, but you know, ten miles away, they're having a uh, you know a, a you know a snowstorm. So 
See, I'm one of these guys that has one of those weather rocks. Remember, you get those oh, yeah. crazy gift stores. If it's wet, it's, it's raining. raining. If it's white, it's snowing. <laughs> yes, if you can't if see it, it's dark. If it's hot, <laughs> yes, it's sunny. Yes, yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's. Uh, I, I don't do the whole home automation thing too much with all of my stuff, except well, with for seventy or eighty devices. I mean, that's a lot. Well, but I don't have it like turning on the, the. So I have it doing like the outdoor lights. I have the cameras. So we have the 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 cameras outside to catch the bobcats and the uh, coyotes going by. So that I know we have the around have five and, cameras uh, all around the house. Yeah, you know um, the uh, but most of the stuff I still want to be fairly straightforward because when i'm out of town if it fails for some reason then i've got to try to fix it remotely and try to make stuff work and you know my uh you know it's 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 safer with family to make it as analog and as manual as possible that way it always works right get up and flip a switch and stuff in so, my house when the when the toggle is up and the room is brighter uh-huh. there's a light on yeah. And when you push the toggle down and the room is darker, there isn't a light on. So, I don't have right. to worry about some terrorist trying to hack into my system through or my whole network through my light bulb. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, there's that. The uh, And then, uh, you know, I, I tried to set up the automated lights. Well, where you could sit there and from across the room and go, Alexa, turn on the living room. And the living room would turn on and stuff. And. And uh, the problem is in my house, Alexa hates my wife. And so my, <laughs> my wife will try to do the same thing. And, you know, she'd be like, Alexa, turn on the living room lights. And Alexa would just sit there and passive aggressively ignore her. And so then my wife would have to tell me to tell Alexa to turn on the lights. I would tell Alexa to turn on the lights. Alexa would go, oh, Blake's talking to me. I'll listen now. But then my wife would talk to her and she would, she just messes with her. So, um, uh, okay. Are, are we dealing with AI here and, <laughs> and, and Alexa's getting snotty about She's who getting, it wants to talk to? It must just be something with my you know, wife's voice and the microphone on the, uh, on the echo or something. But, AR, uh, artificial in, you know, insipid. That's what so <laughs> I, I, I stopped wow. doing all that stuff. And if we want lights, we've got this little pole chain goes or a little light switch. So I've none of the lights wife. are automated. And, I've uh, met your wife. And, She's a wonderful person. <laughs> but if I were Alexa, I would not want to get on her bad side. Yeah. I, I don't know why Alexa doesn't like her. So, okay, so I'm really, I, I just want to, I, I want to pick at you a little bit. And I don't mean this in a bad way. Okay. Because as long as I've hung around in the cybersecurity space, I know a few, a few folks in this space. Uh -huh. And there are, there are some who just absolutely detest IoT, the Internet of Things. And so they don't even have this stuff in their own houses. Uh, here's, uh, here is Colorado Computer Support, and you seem to be very comfortable with this stuff. So how do you attain that comfort level, Blake? I, th that's part of what we're here to talk about is it, it's got to be a measure of safety that you can build in that, that makes you feel okay about this. Yeah, yeah. There are well, guys out there that just advise against this stuff. I'm just a holdout. I mean, I, I love technology. I'm an early adopter of all kinds of fun things, but it doesn't mean I'm going to have an Alexa in my house. I, I just that just creeps me out. I, well, but do you take your phone in your house? I do, and it could be listening okay. to me. And yeah. and your phone is probably a bigger risk. It's with you twenty four seven. Yeah. And uh, I need to have a little miniature Faraday cage and, for it. <laughs> 
you know, you're right. people are out there on their phones, yeah, clicking on text that they get, yes. and on your phone, you could actually click on a virus on your phone and have no clue, and then it's listening to you, tracking you, doing everything else to uh, um, you know see where you're going. Well, and speaking of which, and, uh, Apple has just come out with two security updates back to back. Uh, oh wow, yeah. Make yeah. sure you're always updating your oh, phone. Oh yeah. your... You see that that one hovering over your your gear icon. Make sure you go take care of that because that's been two different security updates. Because I think we even talked about it, Blake. There's uh, there was malware that uh, was uh -huh. getting in through. Uh, Apple phones. And so Apple quickly responded to that, I think within a few days of that coming out and being public news. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so we do have, we do have echoes with Alexa's in our house. You know, we don't have cameras in the house. I've got them out in the yard watching for the coyotes and bobcats. And mm -hmm. I've got the, the doorbells from a security standpoint and I've got the, you know, ring security cameras and stuff. Um, but that's all pointing outward. And yeah. um, so, you know, I don't understand people that put cameras in their house. And and I think you've got to be super careful putting in the baby cam, which I understand. I probably would have a baby cam if I had a baby now. But I would make sure that that I, I was buying a reputable one and locked it down. Um, but as far as having all this stuff that's from all over the world, right, and who knows who manufactured it. I definitely don't want it on my internal network. So you have one of the things we talk about is is segmenting your network when you put IoT devices on there. And there's there's a couple of reasons from a reliability and or from an ease of use standpoint, you can set it up with you know a little bit different security than you do your home network. And so most uh, probably all new um, wireless routers and stuff have the ability to set up what is called an SSID. It's a wireless network. The SSID is just the name of it. So, you know, at our house, we've got a separate one for the IoT devices. And so, and it's, and there's a couple reasons. So from a security standpoint, we want it separated, but it also, a lot of the IoT devices use a different um, type of network called 2.4 gigahertz, where mm -hmm. the, the latest version is five gigahertz. Your laptop, your phone, all that stuff, connects to five gigahertz, you'll drive yourself nuts if you're trying to connect in some of these IoT things to it because it'll see it, but it won't connect to, to a five gigahertz. So, but every IoT thing talks to 2.4. So we have one set up for 2.4 just for IoT things. Um, and so then when I get into my access points, I have the visibility to actually troubleshoot these things if they don't show up. Because a lot of these things, you're not getting the best networking equipment for 40 bucks off of Amazon. Um, and so then it becomes a hassle to start troubleshooting them. And so um, you get better visibility when you have a separate network, you know, that's just those devices. And then you set it up the security so that it can't talk to your internal network. Um, I would bet probably all of these also have the ability to segment the network so that it's, you know, not seeing your kid's PC at home, you know, that your your camera from you know, some other country is not seeing the kids PC. Um, and, you know, what I do, what I use is, um, we don't do this from a business standpoint, but from a from a home standpoint, I use ubiquity access points, there's can pay for a cloud subscription, so that you can have great visibility and troubleshooting, you can turn them on and off. If all of a sudden, you're out of town, and something's not working, you can remote in and reboot them. Um, and, you know, for a 4,000 square foot house, I have three of these things, one in the garage, one in the basement, 
one on the other side of the house. And, um, you know, they're just, they're pretty easy to use for the average person, but you could also use, um, you know, Amazon's got some mesh products and there's some other things out there. How complicated does this language get? Or are there places that you can go online or people you can call and talk to that uh, can kind of walk you through setting up your home network? Because to me, that was Greek for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I got a neighbor who knows how to do this stuff. And he's an IT engineer guy and you know, into super security, works with the alphabet agencies from time to time. And mm-hmm. I've known him for a very, very long time. He's, he's the guy who's a kind of a purist about IoT stuff. He's very careful. Yeah. And everything with him is Fortinet and, you know, the big, the big super duper commercial grade firewalls and stuff. He's, he's very guarded about his online world. Yeah. Not all of us are like that. Yeah. I think the, uh, so setting it up, there's a lot of, if you go with the well-known names, right. And you you get the stuff that, you know, has 5,000 reviews on Amazon kind of products where there are the, you know, they're well-known, they have good forums, good community groups, and good help online or on email. And all you're doing is looking at how to set up, you know, Google, how to set up separate wireless network for Internet of Things or for devices, and you'll start seeing threads. There's people talking about this all over the Internet. Um, And YouTube can get support from the. What's that? Oh yeah, YouTube too. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah good great point. tutorial videos and and you were saying. Yeah, uh, if you just go to YouTube, search for something like setup network or mm-hmm. extra wireless network on Fortinet or on Ubiquity or on, you know, um, Amazon, it'll tell you, you know, somebody's done a video on it. And a lot of times you can go straight to the helplines from the manufacturer too mm-hmm. and get information you need there, but they are trying to make this easy. They're, they're all, they all have a vested interest in making sure that you do uh, smart and secure things with your systems. So um, that they don't get a bad reputation from having bad security stuff. So we, we could be talking about things like Netgear, right? Uh-huh. On the off the shelf level. Yeah. At, at places like Best Buy, right? Yeah. The stuff for home. Um, and, and that's what we're talking about here is for home for yeah. businesses is something completely different, but they have, I was really surprised when, you know, I went and bought these three ubiquity access points, the ease and the basics of just going through and setting up, um, you know, we have four, four networks cause I have a separate network for my, uh, uh, my, my TV devices so that I can set the bandwidth and quality differently, but it was pretty straightforward and simple to set them up. Um, and they've designed them, um, the Netgears, the Ubiquities, the, the uh, um, TP-Link, TrendNet, you know, the stuff you find at Best Buy to be able to be set up by your average home user. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, and those are the ones where they're going to have a lot of YouTube videos out there that people have done on how to set them up. Let's talk money now, because um, in my case, I'm, I've got Comcast and they tend to be okay to me. Mm-hmm. But um, I kind of found myself, when I needed to upgrade my router, I, I found myself being channeled into paying for a firewall and security system or security firewall. Uh-huh. So I'm now on this subscription that I don't love being on. But uh, like I said, I got kind of channeled in that direction. <laughs> so are, are there ways to do this without finding ourselves on a subscription and is that stuff already built into these routers that 
that um, you, you can avoid paying extra money for security that should be there? Everything's going to the as a service model. Mm -hmm. And now um, I have Comcast. I don't use the Comcast firewall. I've got a, uh, a separate firewall um, in place. And uh, the firewall that I have has Wi-Fi, but I turned off the Wi-Fi because I wanted to uh, do something different, a little more uh, reliable. So that's why I got the uh, Ubiquity access points. And so um, there is, so, but with the Ubiquity access points, I do pay monthly for a dashboard where I can get in and actually see how much bandwidth I'm using, what's connected, and, you know, makes my life a little bit easier. You could definitely do it with, without the uh, dashboard. Um, the, uh, the Most firewalls, I think, still don't have any sort of subscription. But the other risk of that is if you go into something that doesn't have a subscription, then probably the life cycle is a lot shorter because how do they keep up with all the security updates yeah. if they're not charging you? And you got to remember to go in. And if mm -hmm. you know how to log in with your IP address to get to that, whole interface, right? Um, the interface. The, yeah. The nice thing is with Comcast Firewall, they're going to take care of it for you and make sure that everything works. And, you know, if your kid can't get online and game or whatever, you can tell the kid to, you know, call Comcast and, and they can go sit on hold with Comcast and reset it. I think it makes the troubleshooting for a home user a bit more, a bit easier. Um, but you don't need it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> sidebarring here just a moment, um, you mentioned something about everything is a subscription service. What did you call that? Um, as a service. So as a software service, yeah. as a service or yes. hardware so as a service. Microsoft has gone in that direction. Office, mm -hmm. Outlook, all of them, uh, Adobe Creative Suite. You know, you can't just go buy a copy and expect that they're going to support your copy and update it. They don't, they're not doing that anymore. They want the revenue stream. Right. They want to, I think there's a whole program in that, a whole cybersecurity heads up in that. Why that trend? Why that direction? And our, you know, I, I see all kinds of videos on um, YouTube about the problems with Windows 11 forcing you to set up accounts. And these guys are absolutely convinced that they put apps in these, you know, the bloatware to uh -huh. uh, spy on you. So there are a whole <laughs> series of videos out there how uh -huh. to get rid of the bloatware. Then Microsoft, Microsoft, figures it out, they fix that problem on their end, and it becomes a problem again on their end, and boom, here comes another series of videos about how I hate Microsoft 11 and, or, or uh, you know, the whole thing. It's, yeah, it's, bloatware's been a problem since <laughs> day one, right? And, you know. With e-machines and gateway, remember yeah, the, the cow-colored box, the black and white box with cow markings on it? And gateway could sell the computer cheaper yeah. because they, you know, charged AOL to put the AOL icon on there and preload it yeah. with AOL yeah. and stuff. But the, uh, but yeah, everything is going as a service, which is good and bad. Um, yeah. It is frustrating that you have to pay monthly for all this stuff. Um, but from a reliability standpoint, you know, back in the day, we used to run into so many people that, you know, especially in a business where they had Office 2016, Office 10, Office yeah. or, or 2010, and different versions and they were conflicting and you know they there's an end of life to all this software microsoft stops supporting it because we want new features we want new things yeah. if we could if we would have some amazing computers and reliable computers if everybody would have just been happy with 
say windows 3.1 and the functionality that was there and didn't need all this other new cool stuff but mm -hmm. you know if they if we keep demanding and wanting to buy newer and better software and do greater things like google earth and you know yeah. um uh, uh, you know chat gpt and all these other things then we're gonna it's gonna keep advancing and we're gonna have to keep buying new software to keep up with it well, and i think um i think we ought to consider doing a program just on that and uh talk about that bloatware and the goods and the bads and the uglies of it mm -hmm. for now what should the takeaways be for uh this cybersecurity heads up for keeping your IOT, your internet of things safe and secure and keeping you out of trouble. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, you know, get out, you know, take a look at what you have for your wireless equipment and your firewall. Make sure it's something within the last few years because the technology changes. And, you know, that's the other thing we didn't mention is something that's six, eight years old might not connect to the latest device that you pull out. So, You've got to remember, you know, before you lose your mind trying to troubleshoot that that light that you have that's Wi-Fi enabled, that's an Internet of Things. If it's not connecting, you know, try a known good one. And mm -hmm. if it won't connect either, then you might just have technology that's too old, right? Um, with the wireless and uh, firewall, stick with something that is well-rated, something you can get from your local store so you have some troubleshooting to go to. And find one that has really simple interfaces that's designed for the home user. And like you recommended, go out and check out the YouTube videos and see if somebody's got a lot of instructional videos. Set up that extra network, a segmented wireless network, a segmented SSID for your internet of things. Call it devices, call it lights, call it whatever, and connect all your devices to that so that it's not touching your in-home network. Yeah. And again, just, just kind of a little bit of a bunny trail here with YouTube. What I've learned is that <clears throat> I'm looking at how many views a video has. I'm looking how many videos there are in the series. I'm looking at the age of the channel. I'm looking at a couple different things to decide whether I can rely on the, the advice that that person uh, is giving in that video. So I want to see a lot of views. I want to see a channel that's been around for a while. You know, that person has evolved with the technology and they keep up with it. Uh, I, I want to see those things before I'm ready to jump in the and just take any advice from anybody on YouTube about anything. I yeah. just, you know, just like with Amazon, look for the most reviews. And you mm -hmm. can even do a search on Amazon for um, how things are ranked in terms of, uh, you know, a single item. So widget and um, best-selling widget, and it will show you a page, and it'll show you which brand of that widget has gotten the most sales on Amazon. Yeah. Those are the ones I gravitate towards first because they will also have the most reviews and you, and I and I look for the negative reviews first. Oh yeah. I well now <laughs> talking about reviews. Yeah. Th there are also watch out sometimes someone will and I don't know how they do it, but they'll have a different product and reviews for a different product. So they'll have one yes. product, yep. but the reviews are for something will be for a bird feeder and there'll be 5000 reviews for a bird feeder but what they're trying to sell you is the Wi-Fi outlet. Yeah. And uh, so I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen um, that. So you got to pay attention. The other thing about buying on Amazon is, is unless you're a super nerd, if you're buying something that's an internet of things, you know, item, cameras, lights, mm -hmm. whatever, go with there. The, when you search for these things, you'll notice that there's the exact same thing with 
10 different weird names as the manufacturer. Yeah. Stay with something more um, mainstream, whether it's, uh, you know, there's Hue lights, there are uh, TP-Link switches and outlets and stuff like that. You know, stay with the name brands on that stuff because it's going to be more reliable than just some random, you know, thing made in China but sold by 10 different companies. Yeah. Those are going to be more problematic and harder to troubleshoot. Yep. Uh, another way to approach that too is is what I do sometimes if it's a fairly complex product and I'm I'm wanting to be careful as I buy it and I see all those different odd names, but it's the same case, the same everything yeah. else. Um, you you got to look for whether it's gelded or not, whether, you know, depending on price point, number of reviews. I may hop on over to a place like Newegg uh -huh. uh, and one of the you know, technology sales websites and search that item there and see what are the most common ones and then go price shop it on Amazon. And right. sometimes they're the same. Uh, if you got an Amazon Prime account, you're going to get whatever the price is on Newegg. They may charge you shipping, but Amazon won't. So there is some value to being an Amazon Prime member too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, gosh, Blake is always, always this an enjoyable conversation. Uh, somehow or another, <laughs> we, we went all the way from okay. dial phones that don't connect to the internet to modems. We didn't do Commodore 64s. We didn't do Timex Sinclairs. One day we got to do those too. If any of you get that reference, <laughs> <laughs> you are our age. Because <laughs> we were tinkering with those things when we were getting into computers. Yeah, when you had to, not even a floppy disk, it was a, it was a tape drive, a cassette tape. Yes. Yeah, like yeah, your yeah. car. And it worked so. if you saw a bunch of little white and black rectangles on your screen. Mm -hmm. So when, when our dads were 55, 60 years old, what did they reminisce about? I mean, they didn't. Uh, so, I don't know. Do you remember <laughs> when you'd pick up the phone and then I don't know? But that's interesting. What did our dads reminisce about? That's the question of the week. That's the uh -huh. question of the next two weeks. So, yeah. I don't know. Is your yeah. dad still around? I lost him in 2015. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, he talked about his his life as a kid. He 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 really wasn't a you know today's products stink kind of guy. He, he wasn't that guy because he was actually a Harbor Freight guy. Uh -huh. So he didn't care. I, you know, he, he wasn't a wrencher, so he didn't need elaborate tools. And, uh, you know, go, go buy a wrench at Harbor Freight. And if it breaks, well, you know, yeah. you know, you'll you have to ask my dad. I mean, so there definitely wasn't a modem back then. But. No, 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 no. <laughs> but he there was oh yeah maybe it's slide rules and 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 stuff. Well, so, yeah, or abacus. You know, mm -hmm. can have an abacus. It wasn't that old. Look that one up. That's a sextant. So <laughs> yeah, that's what they used in the navy, right? Or yeah. an yes, but <laughs> navy guys. Um, our, our producer Stephen. Uh, Stephen, uh, did navy guys? Did you all have to learn how to use a sextant if you were in navigation? Yeah, he, he he was in a whole different world, more like what? Yeah, yeah. He he's telling us operations, supply side stuff. Yeah, but yeah, no, I knew guys that had to use a sextant. Yeah. The Coast Guard guys got to know how to use a sextant. Really? Yeah, because you know, if your ship dies in the middle of the ocean, you got nothing else but stars and dark. You need a sextant. Yeah, right? I never uh, never understood the Navy guys, so not my thing. <laughs> yeah, you, so you, you are guys. I yeah. didn't. I grew up in the days of Jaws. Oh, so gosh, yes. I was uh, the Indianapolis was at the you know forefront of my thinking when I was okay. figuring out you know remember that that down in the lower hold of the ship and yeah. 
and talking about the guys getting picked off after the Indianapolis. Oh, that was horrible. Went yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, that was bad. I'm like, yeah. yeah, that's that's not the way I want to go. Bad stuff. That convinced stuff. me that going down with with the ship was not a good way to go. So, so you stayed. In, I did. I stayed on the land. Army. Yeah, you're you're <laughs> right. ground pounding infantry guy all the way. I, I gotta go. Uh, gotta go to work. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Blake Schwank, owner of Colorado Computer Support, founder, uh, 22 years in the business, knows the stuff. He's a Veterans Voice exclusive technology partner, and you hearing us is in large part because uh, Mr. Schwank supports the Veterans Voice and Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center. We appreciate you very much for that. You're listening to Cybersecurity. Heads up, one day we'll figure out what episode you're listening to. Yeah. Maybe we never will. I have to go count count back and go see. You probably have recordings of it, right? You save oh, it. I've got it all. It's all yeah. on uh, veteransvoice.us. So just go to veteransvoice.us and uh, just uh, click the search button and, and do cybersecurity. And you'll find the cybersecurity heads ups. Okay. We'll have to count episodes. and The next one, I will be remote. I will be in uh, Montana. So You're going to be with daddy? Huh? Oh, but maybe we won't be uh, publishing it because last time we talked about OPSEC. And not uh, not posting when you're traveling, so. Um, okay, but that's okay. We don't even have to share that I'm up there. But I just shared with everybody that I would be up there. So <laughs> the invitation has been extended. Join us from Montana in two weeks from now. I'm Ted Robertson. This is Cybersecurity Heads Up. We will be back in two weeks. Blake, thanks. Thank you. I'm Ted Robertson. You've been listening to the Cybersecurity Heads Up with Blake Schwank, Army veteran, founder and owner of Colorado Computer Support, the exclusive Veterans Voice Technology Partner. Cybersecurity Heads Up drops twice monthly and is available by searching cyber at veteransvoice.us. That's veteransvoice.us.